This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. 95% of Uber Eats orders are on time, which is great. Because the only thing I care about more than football is spicy pepperoni pizza for kickoff. But on the off chance your order is late, Uber Eats will give you three months, $0 delivery fee with a free Uber One membership. Now that's a spicy offer. On time claim based on latest arrival time shown after order is placed. Offer ends to 19 2023 Current Uber One members not eligible. Subscription will auto-renew at $9.99 each month starting three months from initial enrollment. See Uber.com slash Uber One for terms. Benefits available only for eligible stores. Order minimum supply. Good evening. Hello. How are we all doing? Uh, That's another weekend of sport out the way. Another weekend near to the World Cup. And welcome along on to our Halloween special. Well, I say Halloween special. There was a few horror performances at the weekend, wasn't there? And tonight's show, I've gone. It's coming live from Derby. Yes, I've got a live stream coming from Derby. Now, it's difficult tonight to tell whether everybody's dressed up or it's just how they always look for Halloween in Derby. You never know. This is Letters Like Die TV. It is the Premier League. It's review. time. Strap yourself in. Because we're set up, switched on and ready to go. You are watching and listening to Chris and Letters Till I Die TV on YouTube and your favourite podcasts.
Leicester Till I Die TV. Your first choice for everything Leicester City. Tune in and join in now. And now, here's your host. Right, Chris. Oh, right there. You know, I love I love a joke like that. All you gotta do is sort of take out Derby County. You could put any team you want in there, couldn't you? Was he not was he not joining me tonight? <laughs> we might have had Nottingham in there. Dave, welcome back, mate. How are you doing? Uh feeling good actually, Chris, in myself, but obviously yeah. uh yesterday was quite a traumatic experience, as you can as you can well imagine. Well, we, we've 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 been there this season, so we uh, we we mm. feel your pain. We're still mm. we're still clinging on to each other at the bottom there, aren't we? We, we are, mate. Yeah, we are. <laughs> Nobody I wants to. Just, I think it's just a matter of you know for for yourself, Chris, and for us, and and some of the others to be not adrift by the time you know the the stuff in Qatar gets going. Really, yes, and I think it, it's such a weird weekend. And and I don't say that just as I'm about to bring James in, because of course I'm not saying good evening. Everton a bit better than last season. Are you happy with the way things are? Yeah, slightly, yeah. I, I mean defensively we look better, but it's a lack of goals is a woody, but yeah, so far not too bad. Well, Let's let's have a look at what happened last week because it was a bit of an interesting week, shall we say? Um, and here we go. I mean, managers. That just in October, that is how many managers have gone. Um, Gerard obviously was the last one, but Robert Newport, McSheffrey, Doncaster, Steve Bruce, probably no surprise there at Steve Bruce. Anybody who. Everybody on the left is thinking, thank God, we've got somebody and it's not going to be Steve Bruce. But it has been a weird... We've, we've gone through managers and that's just... 38 managers, Dave, in the top four divisions that have sacked the manager. I know, it's, 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 it's bonkers. And for a while, our very own much-beloved Steve was kind of... You know, touted to be joining that list, but as it is now, he signed his contract and um, mm. on we go. I wouldn't say for a minute his uh, his position is bomb-proof because probably with the exception of Pep and um, Klopp at Liverpool, you know, I, I would say, you know, they're they're about the only guys who are probably safe in their seats at the moment. I would say, but nobody, yeah. else, you could you could not say that about anybody else. No. No. And James, I mean, there's three of us here, like like they said. Steve Cooper was touted as being one of the favourites. So Brendan, let's be honest with you, he was like <laughs> yeah. even to be the first. Frank's always being quoted as going. And yet here we are all still sat here with our managers. Yeah. It's just a funny, well, as I say, funny old game. I mean, the, yeah, at the start of the season, I mean, for, well, Cooper and Lampard in particular, because you know with Forrest just come up and then at Everton, how many managers we've been through, that's no surprise. But Rodgers, we didn't expect to be one of the favourites to go. But yeah, three of them are still there. So, manager, as I said to you last week, managers, they just don't get that time anymore. Unless you're Klopp or Guardiola. Mm. Managers, you've got your free game. Your free wins away from uh, doing well, and that, or your free defeats away from getting the sack. Yeah, 
And I, I, I mean, I expected there to be a lot this season, but it to all come during the World Cup break. So I thought that's when, you know, they would look at it and go, right, we've got four weeks off now. We can get rid <laughs> They've sort of acted sort of now, haven't they? Yeah, I I think that, that World Cup period is is going to be like a, a stock taking sorry a taking stock exercise for all the clubs i guess they'll all look and, and you know think to ourselves it's kind of like we're getting we're getting two seasons for the price of one we've got this 15 game season and then we're going to come back and we're going to get a 23 game season and i think it just makes i think owners will sort of they'll probably do some kind of audit of their clubs to decide whether they want to keep their manager or not you know i mean with regards to us I mean, you know, Steve looked like after certainly after the Leicester defeat, Steve was in a you know in a very precarious position at the end of that week. Forrest did this sort of perverse. Well, I mean, fair plays to them for yeah. sticking by him, but yeah, great. but at the same at the same time, Chris, I heard that Mr. Marinakis, uh, I don't know if he left or if he walked out of the Emirates yesterday when Forrest were three 0 down. Now, if he's he may have had a business meeting. When you're a billionaire shipping magnate, you probably have a lot of business meetings. He may have left in, you know, disgust at what he was seeing. So we just don't know. But, um, <laughs> you know, knows? it's just very difficult to tell. James, you know, you saw... Hello, are you back with us, James? Yeah, you yeah, you just froze for a sec, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think we I think we all froze there, but like I say, you sign the contract on Monday, you're at the club on Friday. They don't yeah. really mean anything, do they? No, no it, it doesn't no. The amount of money that gets wasted on the bringing them in and then having to sack them off like compensations or whatever. Well, it's just money being wasted all over the place. Totally agree. Sorry, I don't mean to talk over you, but I think because we keep freezing on each other, I keep thinking you've stopped talking. So <laughs> apologies, apologies for that. Uh, a very, very important question. And Terry, we, we know this is his, the, the subject that is closest to his heart. Is the cricketers' pub still open in Nottingham? <laughs> <laughs> um, let me put it like this, lads. I am the worst person to ask because I am a... I'm a really boring, self-righteous teetotaler, so I'm not I, I'm not a pints drinker or a, or a pub goer. So that I, I reckon there are thousands of Forest fans who will be able to give you an answer, and sadly, I'm not one of them. We're having a bit of fun with the old. Um, it's because you're in Derby. <laughs> possibly, possibly. Um, I know this will probably mean a little bit more of fun for me and Dave. But Coventry undergo transfer embargo until the taxes are paid. Um, I don't know how close for. I mean, we've been out of business. We nearly went out of business a second time. I don't know if Forest have been close to that at all. I've never read anything. I, I think, I think, Chris, we may have got to sort of acquaintances' terms with it under Fawaz, who was our previous owner before. Evangelos Marinakis, but I don't think we've had, we haven't had the sort of crisis that, you know, leads in the past. And then, and obviously most recently 
the lockdown the A52 have had, um, you know. But this Coventry one, it, it's obviously a complicated issue with ground ownership. Obviously, wasps have have gone. Uh, I believe, have, uh, well, I know they've been relegated and suspended for, and suspended from the the rugby premiership. Yeah, um, I don't, I don't profess to know the ins and outs of it, but um, I just think, and actually, you know, taking Coventry as a football team, I think it'd be quite sad because I saw um, Coventry a couple of times last year home and away, and I thought they were a really good bunch. You know, Mark Robbins has got them playing good football. I know they're near the bottom. And that's because they've not been able to play games. But they Coventry have got a really nice attitude. They they have a really nice approach to playing. And um, you know, I think it's if they're gonna be unable to sign players to what is already a pretty young squad, uh, a pretty in, inexperienced squad, then it's gonna make things very difficult for them. And I, and I have nothing but sympathy for them. I think they're you know, as a football team, I like them a lot. I think um you know, they're, they're, if, if anybody anybody who watches them as a neutral will, will find them admirable. They want to score goals. They want to go forward. They've got Giocares, who's an excellent player. Matty Gordon is good. Um, uh, Callum O'Hare was one of the most coveted players in the Championship last year. I would have loved him at Forest. You know, and they've got some real good lads there. And it'd be a shame, be a shame if this off-the-field stuff were to sort of divert Mark Robbins, who's a, an excellent manager, and his team from what they're trying to do, you know. Mark Robbins, obviously ex-Leicester player. Uh, we had him with us for a while. I mean, for me, Coventry is more of a... You know, that's, my, that's my number one rival, if you like. You know, right. There's always this, like, oh, is it Leicester? Is it Forest? Is it Derby? For me, it's always been Coventry. What in the East Midlands. But I would hate, I would hate, hate to see them go. Um, and James, we've got to all, all give our thanks out that this guy was so lucky. Mari, I mean, included in that stabbing... Um, is out for two months. I think it always, when I see something like this, I always think, God, that could have been one of ours. I know, yeah. But first of all, I'd just like to say I wish him a full recovery after what's yeah. happened, obviously. And I was horrified when I saw that news. Absolutely horrified. It, it, like you say, it could happen to, it happens to anyone. It could happen to anyone out there. And just an unfortunate incident that's just happened. And unfortunately, he, he, he's been involved. And, um, and I knew it was obviously we knew it happened on Sunday, but nice touch, touch tribute Arsenal gave to him before and during the game. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, the fact he's not really a regular there, it, yeah. it just shows I mean, that how people yeah, come I mean, on something like this. Yeah, if I could just come in, I mean, actually, uh, looking back now to 24 hours ago, I just wonder if Mikel Arteta had his lads in the Arsenal dressing room and said, you know, let's go and do it for for Pablo Mari. And I, and I think it may have helped and focused Arsenal to what they did against us, you know what I mean? So um, I tell you what, if they wanted to pay a tribute to their teammate, they they went about it the right way. They, they were excellent, Arsenal. Yeah, really, really yeah. good. That's really football. Yeah. I think see, what worries me is we, we seem to be, I mean, all right, this was, this was off, the pitch, you know, you don't even know, you know, I don't know the full story, I don't even know if it was football related, but we're seeing so much of um, like the Man City bus being attacked at Liverpool, I'm, I'm not picking on Liverpool at here, but you know the, the fans rushing onto the pitch at the end of games and having to go at managers and players, well, you know Palace at Everton, it just seems that this is coming more slowly creeping back into the game mm. and us as fans, we're trying to um 
get standing safe standing areas back. Now, I know safe standing is not the cause of everything that's gone on. We know that. But, you know, that was one of the, the probably you know, after it all went, went really bad, that was the decision that was taken. We'd all go to seat and it did seem to make a difference. But we just seem to be, as fans, and I know every, every club's got idiots, we just seem to be kicking ourselves in the foot a lot. Yeah, I, I think, um, sadly, you know, when you get large groups of human beings together, you, you're going to get, sadly, a minority that just don't conform to standards of respect and decency towards others. I mean, mm. you know, I've been, I've been to, I've been to every Forest game this year. So I've been to um, Newcastle, Everton. Um, Manchester City, Arsenal, Leicester and Wolves, I think, are our uh, six away games. Uh, oh, Brighton. Chuck Brighton in as well. So we play seven away games. Every every ground I've gone to, I've just felt completely safe. We've met uh, supporters of, of, of home clubs. So I've met, you know, Geordies, Evertonians, Brightonians, mm-hmm. you know, uh, city people, last gooners, all sorts, and they've all been, you know, really, really welcoming hosts. I mean, the first day of the season at Newcastle, we were walking down towards St James's Park with our red on, and we had Geordies in black and white striped shirts coming up and sort of shaking hands, saying how great it is to have Nottingham Forest back in the Premier League. And then we went, to, uh, I went to Goodison, uh, and the stewards and the coppers in Goodison were absolutely brilliant. In fact, they were very, very funny. You know, we we had a good sing song at Goodison in our little um, in our little corner of the ground, and the, and the, and everybody who looked after us at, at Everton, and if you want to pass the message back, James, everybody was great to us. I don't, I didn't see any trouble anywhere, and to be honest, I say the same about everywhere. I mean, um, I did go to somewhere last year in the Championship, and I won't name the club's name. Um, people who know me will know who it is, but I'm not going to name names on here. I'm not about that, and we were treated as a hostile invading force, which I found deeply offensive. Uh, we'd gone there to watch a football match. We had not gone there to cause property damage. We had not gone to, there to cause other people injuries. We go for our football team. We go because we love our team. And we go, I feel if I go to an away game as a Nottingham Forest supporter, I am, if you like, a representative, almost an ambassador of the club I love. And I want people to meet me, whoever they are, whoever they support and think, yep, Nottingham Forest people are decent people. You know what I mean? I wouldn't because... go that far. You know, we're, we're <laughs> on limits. We're on limits, mate. Can I just say, actually, Chris, that now I think of it, Leicester might have been the place where we got the last, the, the least welcome, but that's understandable, you know. No, no, I can Honestly. understand. And, and I am very embarrassed by the Leicester fans when we played you in the FA Cup and what happened there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but we should, shouldn't we, James? You should be able to go to these matches, sing songs at each other that aren't sick, aren't nasty, but but banter, yeah. and then all go home after. I, I as a Leicester fan, like I say, I live in Paul and I park in Bournemouth. I couldn't go this this year, couldn't get a ticket. But when I've gone in the past, I've always parked in the middle of all the Forest fans, of all the Bournemouth fans. I've only Leicester top. There's never been any trouble, and that's how it should be. If they've won, they've deserved it. If we've won, we've deserved, you know. But I mean, I always look at at, at Liverpool and think that the relationship between Everton and Liverpool fans 
it's something quite unique. Mm. Well, that's mainly because families uh, have, like, especially like a mother and a father, one supports Everton, the other supports Liverpool, and the kids are brought up supporting whoever. That's always been that way. And there used to be um, families sitting with each other, either they're in blue shirts in the cop or red shirts in part of Goodison. So, but it's not as much now because it's gone more hostile. But yeah, anyone should be feeling more safe and to go to a to a football match. I mean, I, I've been to a few away games before, and um, I've hardly seen many trouble apart from um, Sunderland. Years, mm. a couple of years ago, it wasn't anything major. It was just some idiots, but that was about it. I must but, admit, I would not have started taking my boys, and I mean they're twenty-five now. So if you go back sort of twenty years to how it was, yeah. I would not have taken my boys to games had it been like the old style and not not the new. The problem mm. you've got these days is you've no idea, and. As much as I don't like Grealish, can't stand the guy. You know, he, he, his wife must be so happy because he goes down more often than any other man I know. <laughs> but uh, but that, that that Birmingham fan that got on, or the Nottingham, I think the Leicester fan that got on at, at Nottingham as well, you don't know what they've got in their pockets. And mm. the stewards are powerless, really. Yeah, they, they are. They can just as easily be stabbed. It is scary. It really uh, is. Just, just for the sake of balance, Chris, as well. I mean, obviously, what happened with the uh, the guy who ran out of the Bridgeford End last year um, and had a, I think he, well, he was a brave lad in some regards because he had a whack at Keenan Davis, and Keenan's a rather large unit. <laughs> Um, and then he had a he had a, he had a pop at Brennan Johnson, and and obviously the Johnson family. David follows Brennan everywhere. He was in the stand, you know. So he was a brave lad in that he picked his side. He didn't go for Joe Worrell or Scott McKenna. I did know, but the thing is, you know, that was kind of without being awful. That was embarrassing for Leicester City, but then equally yes. embarrassing for Nottingham Forest was when poor old Billy Sharp, who was doing nothing to to intimidate or antagonise anybody, was headbutted after how after our. Um, Semi-final second uh, playoff second leg at the City Ground, deeply embarrassing, and uh, thankfully the court dealt with that. Um, I won't call him a human being; I'll call him an idiot. Mm. Um, dealt with him very, very quickly. So you know, we have to be careful about putting ourselves on pedestals and taking the moral high ground. And you know, I, I as I say, the moral high ground for me and for Nottingham Forest is really important. I don't want, you know, when 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 James and Everton come to us late in the season, I don't want anybody from Nottingham Forest. To have done or said anything that gives Everton any kind of motivation. Similarly, I don't want Leicester to come thinking, right, we've got a cause to beat Forest now. Now, it has happened this season. We played Wolves um, in probably the most boring match of the entire football season, whatever league, a couple of weeks ago at Molyneux. And prior to that game, the Forest publicity or, or you know press department, for some unknown reason, decided to post a tweet with Emmanuel Dennis with some wolf cubs and said playtime, which we, we were all deeply embarrassed about. Now, I've run teams in the past and I don't want my opponent to have anything that gives him an edge over us. I don't want him to have anything where that guy, you know, that, that day, Steve Davis, the, the, the guy in charge of Wolves at the moment, he could have pinned it up on the wall and said, Lads, that's what Forrest think of you. Go and teach him a lesson. We, 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 and, we did that with Arsenal when they celebrated beating us in, in, in the league, we absolutely, were absolutely, I remember it, yeah. You know, and 
you know, the, the worst thing we ever did was when we beat Southampton 9-0, just before the teams came out for the return leg in the same season at, at, um, at the King Power, we played it on the big screens. <laughs> it was like all the no. But anyway, let, let's talk. Well, I was going to say let's talk some something happy, but it, but it isn't for us. But, uh, <laughs> first game of the weekend, James. Uh, I, I'll come to you first. I um, don't know if you saw it at all, but Leicester, we could have gone for it more, but I think Man City, they're not the sort of team you can go toe-to-toe for for 90 minutes. No, you, you can't. If you go toe-to-toe with them, they'll put sixes or sevens past you. But hmm. I thought you battled hard. You're putting a battling performance in. It was just, yeah, you, City and the, you know City, they're just too quality. I mean, I mean, that goal from De Bruyne. Oh. No keeper saving that. No matter what level you're at, no keeper saving that one. But so there were some positives you can take out of. You were more solid. Didn't give City many clear cut chances. I know they were missing Haaland, but they've still got the quality to put any team away. But well, they have. You know, when you look, you know, you say Grealish, De Bruyne. I mean, they've got a fair few big names there. Yeah, they do, was- yeah. Yeah, it was. I was pleased, Dave, that we were restricting them to long, you know, long-term efforts. I mean, mm. they had fifteen odd shots on goal, but only five of those actually were on target. You mm. know, Ward produced the worldie. Uh, mm. We could have got, you know, Tielemans could have just as easily that could have gone in as as it was, but it was a good save. Mm. Um, and I was worried, having had the bit of a peak, not say peak, but a bit of a resurgence that we'd had. Oh, fucking hell, it's Manchester City here. And <laughs> we're going to get yeah. beaten. But we didn't. We can come out of that as much as you can out of a loss and go, well, well we'll take that. Yeah, well, we came out of our um, dinner date with Manchester City having been eaten to the tune of 6-0. So I, I wasn't think... going to mention that. but <laughs> <laughs> What I do, what I do, Chris, I take out the, I take out the weapons and aim them, aim them at myself, mate. So um, <laughs> I... I the way I looked at Leicester, I kind of, you know, the thing is what City are, to me, City are the best football team on the planet. They certainly were against us that night. I, we, you know, that night at the Etihad for us, I, I, I donned my, look, I love football hat. Yeah, I love Forest, but I love football. And that night I just felt I was honoured to have watched a, a great team go about its business. Yeah. You know, they were wonderful. So what City do, um, they kind of wander around this league as everybody's reality check. Now for me, Leicester, I would have had. I, I I actually thought that Leicester, having come out of what they did against Wolves and what they did to Leeds, might get stuck in City's throat a bit. And that seemed. I know. I know Danny Ward made some good saves, and you know I've been on another podcast with a Leicester guy who's like very anti Danny Ward, and we sort of rib him about Danny's abilities and whatever. But I thought Danny Ward had a decent game, and Leicester made it. I wouldn't say they made it uncomfortable for City, but I think they made City think a little bit more than a lot of pundits might have given them credit for, you know. So I think, you know, like you say, if I was a Leicester fan watching, and I didn't see the whole game, I have to say, I watched the highlights of match today. If I was a Leicester fan, I'd come out thinking, well, yeah, we lost, but we were relatively respectable. We, we were we were very respectable, and you know, before that game, I think we were equal third in the clean sheet. So, you yeah. know, <laughs> how much of a joke actually is uh, Danny Ward? You know, we've mm. we've got mm. a settle. You know, Faze has made all the difference coming into the defence. He settled mm. it down. Uh, 
But anyway, we, we say one nil. If you'd given me that at the start with that performance, yeah, I probably would have bitten your hand off. Yeah. James, I mean, if one team's going to get the lucky tag this season, they won't claim it's them, but Tottenham Hotspur, yeah, what they know, fair dues to them though. 2 0 down, they came back. Well, they were chasing the game, they had to, they had to respond. Um, now they've got to give Bournemouth a bit of credit for how they played, but yeah, mm-hmm. Spurs just kept piling on the pressure and they managed to nick the win in the end. So it was a good game. It was a good game to watch. It was just um Bournemouth that Bournemouth I thought just gave Tottenham a little bit too much respect late on. I mean and Spurs were chasing it obviously but mm. I think that's the Conte effect. Obviously they have to they have to literally keep pushing but they got the win in the end and they had to win because they haven't been anywhere near good enough in recent weeks. No Bournemouth bubble burst a bit, do you think, Dave? I mean, they've not given them the, the, the caretaker manager a decision on whether they want to keep him. He went after that 9-0 and went on an unbeaten run, beat us in there. Um, but they're not winning three now. Um, yeah, I think there was always... I, I mean, Bournemouth had a... After the 9-0... And actually, I, I felt that after the 9-0 because it was such a horrendous defeat and they were obliterated at Anfield, mm. I actually felt that, like, they'll probably they'll probably go on quite a decent little run. And they did. And I think Gary O'Neill um, at the time was compiling a really good audition to get the job permanently. I mean, they came to us. We were two up. We were just about the best side. I wouldn't say we deserved to be two up, but we just... Second half, they were, they were like, a level above us and they won 3-2. Uh, all I would say about this this result is a lot of the Forest fans are going, yeah, see how you like it. You were two up and you got beat 3-0. I mean, yeah. the other thing about Bournemouth uh, was Kiefer Moore. Now, Kiefer Moore is a Forest bogeyman. He's been a bogeyman for, you know, against us for Cardiff and now, and he did, it. obviously, he he put Bournemouth up last year when they beat us in that big game at, at the Vitality late on. But I, I think, I think if I were Bournemouth, I'd give Gary O'Neill the job. He, he conducts himself well. He speaks well. Uh, and I think he's he's um, you know a very credible candidate for that job. Yeah. As for Tottenham, I mean, it's almost like Tottenham aren't they? They kind of want their cake and eat it. To Tottenham supporters do like back in the past or, or prior to Conte, Tottenham were playing lovely, lovely football, but were wide open at the back. Now they've gone the other way. You know, Roy Keane would always regard Tottenham as like just soft. Every time he heard the word the name Tottenham Hotspur, Roy Keane just says. Tottenham are soft. They're not soft anymore. And and I mean, I saw it when they came towards. I mean, we played we played well against them actually, even though we lost two 0 But what they do, they soak it up, they sponge it up, and then he hit on the break with uh, Kulisevsky when he's fit. Harry obviously, uh, who Min Son played against us, but he didn't have a great game. That was when he was kind of going through his little fallow period. So Tottenham, I think Tottenham is still struggling for an identity. I think a lot of the supporters want to go back to the. To the stuff they were playing before Conte, but but in a way, Conte, yeah. you know, maybe if, if they'd had a previous manager at two nil down at the Vitality, and they'd had somebody other than Conte, they might not have got anything out of that game. Yeah, no, that's it. I mean, James, there's there's talk that Conte might be moving to Juve at the end of the season. I mean, I know he's got his contracts up, but, the, but Spurs have got the option of a year. They're not going to let him go, are they? This is the best chance they've got of actually winning something. Well, they are Jose Mourinho before, but he didn't last long there. So, that, I, yeah. I, I, I found it 
when he got the job, I was very shocked because I'm thinking him and Daniel Levy, that's not a very good combo, is it? So <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me if he went to Juve, if if Juve do decide to get rid of Allegri. So it's a, it's a strange one. Yeah, it is. Um, Dave, Brentford, one job for us both and they couldn't do it. <laughs> well... Chris, it's not, Chris, I mean, it's a one-one. It wasn't the most exciting of games. No, I I know what you mean, Chris. T- to be honest, there was there was another team who I wanted to do uh, yeah. more of a job for us. We'll come on to them. Th- this yeah. game, I mean, Wolves are a strange bunch because they played a lot of nice approach fo- approach football. Uh, Wolves do, but they have got no sting. They've got no, you know, no cutting edge. I mean, okay, uh, Ruben scored a really good goal, um, but. And then, and then the guy they bring to score the goals for him decides he wants to have a dust up with Ben May. I mean, it's ridiculous. If I if I was Steve Davis and I was the people running Wolves at the moment, I would be furious with him. He would be in my office. Do not let my team and my club down by doing that kind of thing. Well, that think that he... I said before the game, James, that they they haven't bought the old Conte. Well, maybe they have because you know, well, I, Chris. The thing is, how how dense must a, must an individual be to think that he can get away with that in a Premier League ground on a Premier League pitch? How many cameras are trained? At? How many pairs of eyes are watching? I mean, he's a he's a silly boy. I mean, to be fair, against us a couple of weeks ago, I thought he had a decent game. I mean, he uh, he looked, you know put himself about a bit, but I mean. Wolves are back to square one with him now. So I'd be very, if I was a Wolves supporter, and I know lots of good Wolves supporters, I'd be very, very disappointed with him. Yeah. Brentford, I mean, I really like Brentford. I think Brentford are a really well-run club. I like Thomas Frank. I mean, I, I like Thomas Frank. I mean, the week before, right, Thomas Frank put Klopp to shame. Klopp, I thought Klopp disrespected Forrest a little bit. He said... Uh, it was us against ourselves out there. Oh, so Liverpool lost and Forrest didn't win and Forrest had nothing to do with it. How disrespectful. Thomas Frank came out at Villa Park. I mean, lost 4-0. And the first thing he said was, i like to say well done to Aston Villa. Congratulations to them. They yeah. deserved it, right? Yeah. And I think I think Brentford, um, are, 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 we've got them this Saturday. Now, they're coming to us this Saturday. And the big thing about them coming to us this Saturday is that Ivan Tony is now suspended after picking up five uh, yeah. yellow cards. Now, I still think they'll be really good. They've got Embuemo. They've got like they, they've got a good bunch of lads there. I, I, they're one of my favourites, actually, Brentford. Yeah, uh, no, I just I, think they're I well agree. run and well organised and, and recruit agree. brilliantly. I want to say um, hi to Melina. Uh, come all the way over from Canada um, to 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 North London to see her team. Uh, sorry, Dave, but she's an Arsenal fan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but look, Chris, Chris, look at me. I'm a Forest fan. I am not an oil painting. And look at that pretty lady down there supporting the Arsenal. Maybe that's why the Arsenal are better than us. Well, yes, maybe. Maybe she was sat near the right goal, but there were all the goals were going in at her end. I don't know. Mel, I'm sure you had a great time. We'll come on to that game uh, in yeah. a bit. <laughs> I'm not sure I know. So, um, but no, I hope you're having a good holiday. And uh, yeah, that couldn't have been better for you, could it? Uh, James Sportscat here. Uh, disgraceful performance for Chelsea. I was so angry by that performance. Um, I mean, I think it was the first loss for, for Harry Potter. Um, you, know, yeah. uh, you know, he... <sighs> It was always on the cards, this, wasn't it? it? It kind of was written in the in the stars. 
Oh yeah, never in doubt, was it? Uh, <laughs> um, nah, he wasn't going to keep his unbeaten run for long, but I didn't expect four-one. I mean, that was yeah. just that was just out of the blue. But Brighton, we just, I, I said it a couple of weeks back. It, ever since they've had this new manager, they've been playing the exact same as uh, what they were under Potter, but not taking their chances. But on Saturday, apart from two own goals, they actually took the chances where they mattered, and uh, they they out. Played out for out battle Chelsea, Chelsea at the minute. At the certain, I mean, it's a, I mean they've got to give. Obviously, Potter needs time, obviously, but the certain players there, I just wouldn't have it. I just won't keep hold of. I.e., Aubameyang and a, and a few others. Mm. I think Chelsea in, in January might need to go again a little bit. And I, think, I mean, sports cat, you can't say that. Chelsea have got a problem in front of goal. They just don't know which goal they should be you know, not having problems in front of, in fairness. Um, Palace won, Southampton nil. Again, that could have gone either way. But Dave, I mean, Newcastle United, they're in the top four. Uh, they are playing. I love Newcastle. Uh, I love the manager. Um, you can argue where the money's come from, but hey, who cares? And if I was a Newcastle fan, I wouldn't give two hoots. You know, we've yeah. all got investment from abroad. We just don't know where all that money... Let's face it, Chelsea had probably one of the worst ones in Abramovich. But mm. um, they're, they're there on merit. And they put... You know, Aston Villa had a good win last week, but back to normality. Emery wasn't there, of course. He takes over this weekend. But well done, Newcastle. Yeah, I... Do you know what, Chris? I... Um, our first game back in the in the Premier League after 23 years was at St James's Park, and we got beat. We were deservedly beaten. Newcastle played some fabulous football that day, and um, the whole you know the way we were as as Forest supporters we were treated. It was a you know it, okay we lost the game, but it was a, it was a fabulous footballing experience to go to St James's Park. It's something I'll I'll never forget for the rest of my life. You know, and as I came out. We obviously looked at our our lads and thought, well, that, that was a you know, it's a learning curve, and they gave us a bit of a lesson. I mean, Guimaraes was absolutely sublime that day. He's a wonderful footballer. Now I came out and looked, having watched Newcastle that day, and I saw like Trippier, Joe Linton, Joe Willock, Callum Wilson, who I think is a wonderful striker. Um, you know, uh, they've got Botman has come in and done really, really well. You know, Nick Pope's been a, a decent signing, not great with his kicking, but he's a good keeper, Nick Pope. And I looked at Newcastle and I would have been disappointed if Newcastle had then sort of having beaten us and played so well had then had then been a bit of a an Empress New Clothes, if you like. Mm. But I, I I think Newcastle um are the ones to me. I think that they're a great watch. I mean, Almiron is just you know, the little fella's on fire. He looks like he's having fun at last. You know, Joe Linton has been changed from a you know, a pretty average centre forward to a very, very good central midfielder. Guimaraes is, you know, if he's not in the Brazilian team for the World Cup, then, you know, Tite must have a hell of a lot of really good midfielders. And then you've got, um, you know, they've got some Maximan to come back in. I mean, he's he's great to watch because he's a, you know, a bit of a maverick. I just, what I love about Newcastle is they've got an incredibly intelligent, incredibly socially skilled manager who knows how to communicate with his players he is class, Eddie Howe. He gives nothing to anybody. What I talked about before, Eddie Howe equips Newcastle with a sort of a suit of armour where they can just get on with their game. They don't wind anybody up. You know, all, all of that 
I mean, I know some, I know I've got a very great friend who's a Newcastle fan and we talk regularly and he's, he just writes every week, God, I love football because Newcastle are giving him now what he's dreamed of for so many years of, of like Mike Ashley-ness and God, it's awful. And they were a standing joke for so long, you know, giant stadium, giant support, tiny team that we're going to do nothing. I, I think Newcastle are the one team that will break into the top six yeah. monopoly. I really right. do. I think, you know, they've, and what they will do, I mean, what you have to remember about Newcastle lads is that they haven't yet really unfurled the, the full extent of their financial might. Now, when they do, they, you know, you, we, we might be coming back here, you know, the, the three of us in 10 years and, and Newcastle United might be, you know, on a par, maybe have gone beyond Manchester City. Can I, can I just say, I'd love to still be here in 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> I think old age may catch me up. You may have to talk to me through a medium, but... <laughs> but you know, just, just to sum up Newcastle, I think they're playing wonderful football. They're, they're really, really well coached. They're a happy, harmonious bunch. Everything at Newcastle after far too long um, has come together and this just seems to be... every, every all, all the pieces at Newcastle look to be fitting at the moment. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people saying in the chat, will Newcastle qualify for the Champions League? I don't see why not. And I'd love Absolutely. them to. I'd love them to. It does mean, as Sport Cat said, well, if they do, one of the so-called big six won't. Oh, dear. Mm. You know, mm. let, let me wipe my tears away. <laughs> That'd be a shame, you know. Um Next match, I'm sorry, I'm going to have to come on to this one, Jay. <laughs> Fulham nil, Everton nil. I mean, I know it was at Fulham, you were the away side, but Fulham had... And this would annoy me. I mean, and I know, like I say, we, we, we didn't have many shots against City. They had 15. But Fulham had 24 shots uh, against itself. Only six of those on target. So, you know, 25%. Uh, Mitrovic was obviously having a day off. You had nine shots, four on target, so almost fifty percent there. Um, was it okay? Case of two teams cancelling each other out. Pretty much so. Yeah, I mean, neither side looked like scored. And to be honest, I mean, I mean, Jordan Pickford had to make a couple of decent saves during that game, and uh, in the first half, we could have actually gone one nil up. Calvert Lewin missed a real goal, opportunity. Mm. But apart from that. I think nil nil was the right result, and to be honest, I'm, I'm, a point in the clean sheet, but away from home, I take it. Yeah. I know some Everton fans are not particularly happy because we didn't attack more in the second half, but there's not enough creativity. I mean, apart from Iwobi, we haven't got much creativity, especially on the wings, because Gray yeah. and Gordon are too inconsistent at the minute. But defensively, we're getting it right. Connor Cody and uh, James Tarkovsky have been... Two absolute stalwarts of the yeah. back. God says, you know, James, James, can I just come in? I'm so glad you mentioned uh, Cody and Tarkovsky. I think they are. Do you know what, mate? Why not have them as the back two for England in Qatar? Because I'll tell you what, Connor, Connor gives it that. And he's, a, I think he's a, I, I really like him. I do. I thought as soon as Everton got him, I couldn't believe Wolves let him go, but he obviously Sorry. fallen out with Bruno Large. And then, he he played for you against us in what was a you know not a bad game, but I just thought Connor Cody uh, was as good a signing as anybody's made, and I think his influence has helped Everton to just gradually, incrementally get better. And Tarkovsky, I tell you, I don't know if you saw Soccer AM on Saturday. Tarkovsky was on, 
And he's a cracking good lad, I tell you. He's a really oh, yeah, good character. Yeah. So I think those two are brilliant. Absolutely. I'm jealous because I wanted to accostigate Leicester. But, I mean, Cody, I mean, I don't know what Wolves were thinking of. Let him go. I, I, I don't know either. What a player you've got. Yeah, I can't moan. I mean, they're, they're, them two, are, as my dad says, the, the, the proper throwback, throwbacks of the uh, centre-halves, yeah. which we haven't had in a long time. So, no, them two yeah. have been excellent so far. I've got Can to I, ask I, you about one player, James. Um, Terry's just brought it up. Uh, Damari Gray. I mean, he when he was at Leicester, he had so much potential. And I'll always love him. I mean, he scored the goal, you know, against Cardiff after our chairman passed in the first game. And, and yeah, it, it, he'll always be remembered for that. But he was he, he always had so much potential. And you'd put him on as a, as a substitute and he'd run rings around the opposition. So he'd start in the next game and he'd disappear. Mm. I don't know, how how's he doing at Everton? He's in miss. I say he's a bit similar to like you remember Nathan Redmond, who obviously played for Southampton and Norwich. He's yeah. like one of them. He can have a good. He's got the ability. He just hasn't got the consistency. Mm. Um, he, what annoys me about him at times, he tends to just cut back in on. It tends to try and cut back in rather than take the man on. If he's yeah. got, if he's got, he's got the ability. I'm not saying he's got. He can take three or four players on, but. When he gets the chance to take the man on and try and get the balls into the box, he doesn't do it enough. And uh, he chips him with the occasional goal now and then, but Janetta makes player. I mean, I, I do like him because there is a bit, there is a player in there, but he can be frustrating. Well, well James, I go back to that day when we played you back in August, you know, and Jordan's hit the ball, you know, basically over the back of the Forest defence. Damari Gray stayed on side by sort of making a run round Nico Williams and then got ahead of Joe Worrell. And as Jordan's hit the ball, so I don't know, 60, 70 yards, Damari's Gray first touch killed it stone dead before he put it in the back of the net. And I thought, you know, if he can... The, the idea for Frank surely has to be to get Damari Gray to do much more of that. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, definitely. It's getting the tune out of him. And even Golden as well. I mean, Golden's only a young kid, but, yes, yeah, it's yeah, just trying way. to get tune out of them two players so yeah with the, I mean overall we're doing okay still a bit of work to do but overall it's all nice yes yeah yeah now Dave <laughs> I sat <laughs> yeah I sat through this on um on on Doug's channel having sat through the previous week uh watching Nottingham Forest do a job on uh, Liverpool, and you did a, an excellent job on them. We did, you know. We did. Uh, uh, okay, you know, some would call it parking the bus or whatever, but you you defended in numbers. And at one point, I mean, Salah was in your box. I think there was five or six red shirts and him. You know, he mm. just you know the ball was never going to get to him. Then you mm. you just hit them on the break. What we tried to do against Man City. I think Leeds must have watched that game because they pretty yeah. much, you know. Now I call, I said to Doug, I called him, you know, one job Doug. He's now two job Doug <laughs> because he's that. I can't believe if that was any other club apart from Liverpool, people would be shouting. Well, maybe people are shouting for Top said. I don't know, but my God, you know what is happening at Liverpool? I think what's happened at Liverpool, um, based on what I saw at the City Ground last week. I, I, 
when your best player on the field is a 36-year-old right-back, and James Milner had a really good game for Liverpool, um, it doesn't say a lot about the rest. I thought, I thought that Liverpool, whether they meant it or not, gave off an aura of complacency. It does. Well, it's only Nottingham Forest. You know, we've only got to turn up and it'll happen. And I, after about 10 minutes, I mean, we, I personally turned up thinking that we would get a bit of a larrapin, right? And I think a lot of, a lot of Forest supporters were saying, now oh, we'll beat these or we'll nick a 1-0 win or whatever. But I think they were being, you know, sort of a bit jingoistic, if you like. But Liverpool were a distinct disappointment. I was, I was like, if I was, I mean, the supporters at, at, at the far end of the Bridgeford end of the, of the city ground made not one noise the whole game. They didn't help their team who were having an off day. And I thought Liverpool were, I mean, Mo Salah, that we saw the buses leave the city ground after the game and we reckon they drove around Nottingham for four or five hours trying to find Mo Salah because he'd gone missing. Um, <laughs> Bobby, Bobby, Firmino had a, Bobby Firmino had a good 10 minutes. He had a header just past the post and then utterly disappeared. Virgil van Dijk, I don't think, has got over um, his tangle with Jordan Pickford and it isn't the player that he was. And I couldn't, you know, I thought the best player for Liverpool after James Milner, uh, Alison Becker made a fantastic save from Ryan Yates late on. So, you know, this idea that people were saying that Forrest completely parked buses, parked the bus is not true. Brennan Johnson hit the post. Jesse Lingard had a shot. Taiwo Awonyi was a nightmare, I thought, for Virgil van Dijk and um, Joe Gomez at the back. And, and Liverpool just gave off this... Uh, well, we're Liverpool, it'll just happen. And then Klopp annoyed a lot of people with his comments afterwards where he didn't even mention Forrest. You know, it was us again. We played ourselves and we beat ourselves. And so I, I've, I watched this game on... Um, well, welcome to being, not being a big club in the Premier League, mate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought, I think, five years, you know. Yeah, of the, of, the big, of the supposed big six, I think Liverpool have got more issues psychologically than any of the others. I think Ten Hag has put United on a more even keel. Conti's made Tottenham more rugged. You know, Chelsea's still got some good players, whatever you think, and Potter's a good manager. But Liverpool and Klopp, I mean, and, and actually, I really enjoyed what Leeds did to them the other night. I wanted Liverpool to win to keep Leeds close to us, like yeah. you probably did, Chris. Yeah, I think that but means. I yeah. took a lot of pleasure in seeing Leeds United do at Anfield what we'd done the previous week, where, yeah. you know, it's only Leeds United. And Leeds United, bless them, play their hearts out for their manager. And I thought Leeds were good value. Leeds, yeah. it was like, you know, who wants this more? And Liverpool went, well, we have a divine right to it. Just hand it to us on a silver platter. Leeds yeah. United went, bugger you lot. We're taking it away from you. Leeds were like, Leeds were like a bunch of street urchins, you know, picking yeah. pockets. And, and I thought is, Leeds... Uh... Uh, talk I more about the demise of Liverpool, spoken like a true Man United fan. Yeah, uh, the true red Luke Nottingham Forest fan. Uh, Leeds saw some of that Liverpool midfield play was too slow mm. and rightly took advantage. I mean, they were given a, a, a starting, like you know, after a yeah. few months. I think, Chris, Chris you, you, Sorry. the point you made earlier, the point you made earlier, mate. I honestly reckon Jesse Marsh and the Leeds lads sat and watched the whole 90 minutes of the Forest game because. Anybody at Leeds United must surely have thought, blimey, if newly promoted, callow, inexperienced Nottingham Forest can do that to Liverpool, why can't we? Yeah, yeah. I mean, James, two points behind uh, from the blue half of Liverpool. 
You must be enjoying it. Not gonna lie, um, <laughs> enjoyable for once. Um, even though I know we're still not great ourselves, but no, I, I just can't believe what's happening there. To be honest, um, I did not. I mean, Saturday, I, I watched the game. I mean, I know you and Doug were doing the stream together and um, watching the match, but I just can't believe what I was watching. Uh, if I've had to start saying that Leeds ran. 11 kilometres more than Liverpool entirely at the map, which is unheard of. Mm. And it just brings back to the point. Liverpool, you look at the obviously they got, they've still got good players, but they should oh, yeah. have. I mean, I, we don't know what the actual what's going on there, but they should have strengthened in the summer. Mm. You can tell the lack of depth. And what summed it up was um, he takes off Alexander Arnold, which Fair enough, because he's not doing much. But he brings on a player like James Milner, try, where they're trying to chase the game. I, I mean, it's just the options you've got on the bench. Yeah. Mm. Yes. And Klopp, I mean, I mean, I know injuries haven't helped, but the excuses, I mean... He, yeah. That's, James, that's bang on, mate. Me? Yeah, I, th- I think he, he at the moment... I, wa- I mean, to get a red card when you're beating... The champions, you know, the best team on earth. I mean, they were excellent against City. Let's 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 not, you know, let's not beat about the bush. They, I thought they probably deserved to beat City, but to get a red card when your team is beating the best team in the world, that to me, you know, I I, I looked him and 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 as far as the Forest supporters are concerned, they the, the his we played them in the FA Cup last year, and he came out with a statement where he said, I don't know where Nottingham is. Well, he found out when he came. Right, because we made a lot of noise. Yeah, they beat us in the cup, but we played some good football. Um, and then it was interesting. Jurgen was all over the field. He had his arm around Joe Lolly. He was shaking hands with James Garner. He was, what a wonderful club, Nottingham Forest. It's like a European night. Last week, down the tunnel faster than a frog up a pump, mate, I tell you. And, and it was just, you know, I, I, you know I, I know for a fact, pretty much, that Pep Guardiola, had he lost at the City Ground last week, he would have come out, I think, and he would have said, you know what, fair play to Forest. You know, this well, I go I back to Thomas Frank. He was all over I, the pitch after our game, congratulating, you know, or commiserating with the Leicester players. But yeah. James, I mean, Mike said there, we have seen the demise of Man United. Sorry, Mike, and the fact that you go to Old Trafford is not the fortress that it was. But James Nor is Anfield at the moment. Teams are going to be looking at that. A, I mean, they looked at Forest last week and thought, yep, they're beatable. Now we're looking at it and thinking, what, they're actually beatable at uh, Anfield. Teams aren't going to be scared of going there anymore. No, there's a bit of a fear factor that's just slowly declining. I mean, what summed it up was, I mean, Leeds were aggressive and up front and in the midfield, but what summed it up in the the match, the, um, the Leeds fans were more louder than in at Anfield. It was silent. It was like, and I'm not, yeah. and, I, and I'm, I'm not over downplaying our fans, but you look at Goodison half the time, it's silent, and you only hear the away fans mm-hmm. until yeah. know, Everton go one nil up, and then we'll start singing. That's what that's what happened. Once Liverpool got the equaliser, the fans started going, and then once the game panned out, the, mm. it went back to being quiet and Leeds. You can only hear the Leeds fans. So yeah. yeah. Not like there, and then obviously I love, I love it to carry on the way it is. But I'm pretty, <laughs> like, Mike I'll, says there, Old Trafford is a fortress this season, and Eric Ten Hard has brought that bag back. 
I, I, whether, whether you're winning, I just don't think we teams are scared to go to Old Trafford. I don't think, oh God, we've got Man United at Old Trafford next week. And that doesn't, you know, it just isn't there. That fear factor that you had under Fergie isn't there and it is going with Liverpool. I know you've yeah. got to go, Dave, so if you need to pop off, because I know you're on Mr. Dawes' no, I'm, channel. I'm enjoying uh, it. I'm going to stay another 10 minutes, mate. I'm oh, fine. that is fine if you, yeah, if you I'm are. Enjoying because, it. It's good. To, it's nice I'm to sorry, see you too, I lads. I saw your face when I put that up. Uh, <laughs> not, now, I have to be... <laughs> I've got to be honest with you. I'm going to take my glasses off so I can't see it. (laughs) (laughs) It is a bit fuzzy in fairness. I I didn't see it. I wish I had, but I didn't see it. I think one of the lucky things, lads, was that it wasn't on Sky Sports. So you have to go to go to a dodgy stream to watch it. And even if you'd have watched it, it would have been a dodgy stream. But I mean, to be honest with you, the scoreline tells you everything you need to know. The golfing class between Arsenal and, and Forest was 5-0. I mean, I I was on Doors' um, vlog before the game and he asked me and I said, no, we won't win here. They're, they're quicker than us. They're sharper than us. They're a relic. I actually think Arsenal are a revelation from what they were last season and the season before. And I think, you know, the Arsenal board did a really good job in keeping Mikel Arteta. He's intelligent. He's smart. He's modern. He's been with, uh, with Pep. So he knows the game. And I, I really like Mikel Arteta. I watched the documentary about Arsenal. He came across as a really good guy. And they came across as a good bunch of lads. And yesterday, they 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 were like yards quicker than Forrest in transitions. I mean, every time a Forrest guy got into their half, there were like four or five Arsenal players around him. And 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 similarly, you know, when, when, they were, when they were going forward, they seemed to have an option. It was almost like every one of the 10 outfield players, you know, Obviously, Aaron Ramsdale in goal, but the 10 outfield players for Arsenal seemed to come with a built-in 20 yards of space around them. They they had all the time in the world. I, I think Forrest were in the game till half-time. It was 1-0 at half-time. And Forrest went through a sort of a 20-minute period before half-time where they just kind of got on Arsenal's tits a bit. You know what I mean? Yeah. And where Arsenal couldn't, Arsenal wanted to put them away and knew they could put them away, but it didn't happen. A bit similar to when we got a point at Brighton the other week, where Brighton, another cracking good team, were all over us and we, we held out for a nil-nil. But what happened yesterday that kind of completely killed everything was Reese Nelson scored, I think, in the first minute of the second half. And then he added another one within a couple of minutes and it was game over. Now, now Steve came on afterwards and quite rightly said, Forrest lacked a competitive edge in the second half and we would all agree with that but it was almost like you could you could and I'll probably get pelters for this I could almost forgive Forrest for saying well whatever we do is just going to go wrong you know what I mean mm. and um, and I just felt as well that we were going to get a bit of a Lord after the Lord Mayor show we had the, the incredible high of beating Liverpool and deservedly beating Liverpool and such are the slings and arrows of outrageous fortune to quote the bar that you know a bad day was going to follow yeah. a good day and yesterday I mean I, I, I'm not going to come on here and talk. You know, I mean, if I was to come on here and say Forrest didn't do this, Forrest didn't do that, there were lots of things Forrest didn't do, but I'm not going to get all clop and say it was all about what Forrest didn't do. I'm going to come on here and say Arsenal played terrific football. And I think that Arsenal are the only team who could get a breath on the tail on the tails of Manchester City in the title race. I think City will probably just have a bit too much for them. But I think Arsenal are... Uh, it's the first Arsenal team, and, and I'm sure you lads agree, that's actually been a pleasure to watch for a long time. 
you know. I think Arteta's been given the time, a bit like maybe Cooper's going to be given, possibly Brendan, but he has been given, and even Frank, he's been given the time, he's got the, the troublemakers out, he, he, he's stood there and he's taken the, everything that's been thrown at him and said, yeah. no, no, this is the way I'm doing it, back me or something, and they backed him. I mean, you know, Anthony here, big Liverpool, a big Liverpool, so big Arsenal fan, <laughs> Southampton. Um, you get that scoreline up for a little while. But you know what? They will still, I can imagine there's still a few Arsenal fans there, James, going, yeah, but Arteta should have done this. And he, yeah. he, I wasn't happy with his gameplay. <laughs> you just know that, don't you, James? That there's going to be Arsenal fans that are just still got something to moan about. No, I know I get on with a fair few of them and they're still not convinced at the minute. So, um, no, they're doing well. Arsenal are doing well. And you have to, like you say, Arteta's been given enough time. And, uh, and I'm over, because I'm not just saying because he's an ex Everton player, but I'm over the moon for him that he's doing well there. Yes. Chris, can I just come in? Mike Green's, Mike Green's comment there actually is probably spot on. It's just, you feel with Arsenal that they've got a really good. 11, 12, 13, 14. And then beyond that, then they're not going to have quite what City have got. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Um, and I think Mike Green's point that you've just put up there is a, is a really good one. So I would agree with that. I mean, if you want a symbol for Arsenal and how far they've come, then look at Granit Xhaka. Now, three years ago, he was public enemy number one. They all wanted him hung, drawn and quartered. He went off yesterday with about, I think, 15, 20, 15 minutes to go. And he got a standing ovation. I mean, if ever a man's been sort of, you know, rehabilitated in any football club, it's Granit Xhaka. And, and he had a good game, you know. So yeah, he, I, did. he did. But it's good to see, James, that there's another team up there that are giving City a run for the money. Yeah. Um, and I think, I don't know, I've got a sneaky feeling. I mean, you know, watch Man City without Haaland and no, no club is ever a one-player a one team, but... You know, they, they, they should have put us to the sword more than, than they did. I mean, Arsenal certainly did that when we played them. I I don't know. Is it, I mean, you look at Leicester. When we won the Premier League, we had hard, hardly any injuries. So not having a huge squad didn't actually affect us that much. In fact, mm. it worked the other way because the players were always together and knew what they were doing because they weren't getting injuries. I, I think Arsenal will actually do better than Mike saying, James. I, I mean, not impossible. I mean, second or third, I think it's probably their best chance. But yeah. I think they're definitely nailed on for the Champions League, place the way they're going. But no, you never, you just never know. You just never know. They just got to keep taking each game as it comes and mm. uh, see where they can go. But if I'm Arteta in the players, I'll be saying, it, after Christmas, I'll be saying, why can't we aim for that? <coughs> I'll be yeah. saying at the minute, just take each game as it comes. Obviously, when it, but that's so far. The, the, uh, Dave said it for, for the once since um, towards um, I think minimum probably 2007, 2008, something like that. It's an absolute pleasure to watch them from looking yeah. towards the last few years of Arsene Wenger and then Unai Emery and the early stages of Arsene <coughs> football was stale. Now, yeah. now you're seeing a up an Arsenal side with a lot more chemistry in that team and a lot more quality. Not like they said, not as many. Um, Mike's comment there. City have got a massive strength and depth, which Arsenal haven't. And if Arsenal can get in the Champions League, they can. They can definitely attract a few. 
it's okay saying, but it's okay saying, well, they've got these class, world class, class players, whatever you want. <laughs> they've still got to knit together. Yeah, no. and they've still got to. I mean, tell me where those world class players were on Saturday. <coughs> I didn't see any of them apart from De Bruyne one free kick. You know, we 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 put Manchester City to the point of they were arguing with every little thing. De Bruyne was was. You know, he wanted his mummy to come and wipe his ass. He was moaning that much. Like I said earlier, Jack Grealish, I mean, I, I think he thought grass meant something else. He was on his knees so much, smelling the bloody stuff. You know, so world-class players playing like Rochdale, Newport players, no disrespect, Mike. So you've got the players, it's what you do with them. But I want to see Arsenal do well because I'm kind of fed up with Manchester City keep winning everything. Yeah. And if Arsenal, if Arsenal can keep this up, then they might actually, you know, come and give us some money for Telemans in January. Please mm -hmm. don't let them go on a free. Um, talking about teams that uh, world class players that that don't play like the world class, <coughs> Ronaldo. Um, I mean, he, he 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 couldn't have scored in a brothel. <laughs> yesterday, could he? I mean, all right, they, they scraped they scraped a one nil win, and I don't care whether you had forty shots to their five. It was a if you if you win a game one nil, it's a scrape. I'm impressed with Man United, having said that, because I think they're going through such a uh, a rebuild. I didn't expect them to do this well this early, if you like, and that's mm. credit maybe to Eric, you know, Eric Ten Hag. Uh, I expect them more to be around where Liverpool are, if I'm totally honest. So maybe they are kicking the ball with the boots. I think Ronaldo is causing a lot of shit in that camp. And I think yeah. get rid of him. Just, just absolutely. Him, you know, because all you're doing, Eric, is saying, oh, yeah, he's a naughty boy. Slap his hand, give him a fine, but I'll get him back in the team. Well, mm. You know, it, it, like I say, what, what did he bring to you yesterday? I mean, he, right. I mean, you know, the great debate of our age is Messi or Ronaldo. I'm with the little man every time. I think the little man is a way better. I just, just, I'm probably being silly, but he's just way, he's more likable. I, I mean, you know, they beat Tottenham, um, was it a week, 10 days ago, and they were excellent. And those lads on the field for, who ran their nuts off for Eric Ten Hag deserved all the glory. But it was taken away from them by a huge ego wandering down the touchline early, make sure it, making sure that everybody looked at him. I find yeah. him objectionable. If he was a Forest player and he did that to Steve and he did it to, the, to our lads who, we are the weakest team in the division, right? The table says that. But our lads are really trying hard. They're not the best. They're, they're learning unbelievably difficult lessons in the hardest league in the world, Nottingham Forest are, but they're all on the same page and they're good lads and they're all working for the manager. And if, if, if Ronaldo was a Forest player and did that, I'd be walking out the Trent End and I'd be sending Steve Cooper and I'd say, get him out of my club because he thinks that we are all here to serve him. No man is bigger than any club, however much he thinks he is. And I think he's, I think he's, I mean, I watched him at Brentford when they got beat 4-0, which was like their watershed moment. They were appalling. And he, it's like, he, he, he was as mobile as the wardrobe I've got in my back bedroom. Right? <laughs> and, and I felt sorry. The other United lads that day, they all had poor games, but they were also having to kind of like, I tell you what, I used to look at their team 
and I'd see Marcus Rashford, Jaden Sancho, you know, some of the younger guys in that team. Like, are they allowed to bollock Ronaldo if he if he balls his up? Where's the democracy in that? He, mm. he he'll have a go at them and like throw his arms in the air like a prima donna. I mean, I, I think Eric Ten Hag is doing a good job with Manchester United. It, it's going to take yes. time. It was poor last year. You know, I think that there's a lot of talent at Manchester. United. I think Casemiro is an excellent signing. I think he's he's going to be a good influence for them. He'll be like you know like Thiago Silva. Is. I know he's knocking on Thiago Silva at Chelsea. Is still a very good player and crucial to their team. I think Casemiro could do the same thing for United. And I think Eric Ten Hag, I like Eric Ten Hag. I think he's, there's no messing about with Eric. You know, poor old Ralph Rangnick was far too intelligent to manage Manchester United. He's a professor. They were never going to understand him. And somebody like Ronaldo was always going to undermine him because, you know, he got no respect. Similarly with Solskjaer. But Eric Ten Hag is not for being moved by Ronaldo, you know. I mean, if I was the manager of Manchester United, I'd say, I'd publicly say, I'm sorry, Cristiano, but you do not play for me again. I'm going to go with these lot over here. We're all working hard for our club. And I mean, the, the story is that after the Brentford game, Eric made them go on an eight-mile run, but he joined in. He, he yeah. said, "I'm I'm as much to blame as you are." And I think from that moment, United, they're not great. They've got a lot to do yet, but they're better than they were. Yeah. I, and I, can I just say, Terry, you're quite right. You know, it's refreshing to find a Forest fan like that. And I had to get one eventually, didn't we? <laughs> it was a process of elimination, Terry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd gone through about 10 and I thought, I'm running out of fans here. <laughs> joking, joking. James, I mean, I, I had that game on. Um, I can't say that it, it kept me glued to the, to the TV. All I saw in Ronaldo was a player... That was there for. I want the goal. I want to claim a goal. I don't want to, you know, pass it to one of my, you know, my other my colleagues, my my teammates. All right, you could argue maybe there wasn't anybody to pass him to, but all I could see was him trying to do it all on his own. And I don't think it's because, you know, he had any great belief in maybe wanting Man United to win. It was for himself. It was for his glory. Yeah, as we say, he's got such a huge ego. It's unbelievable. I mean, he's we know he's a wonderful player. You know, all everything he's won, yeah. but his attitude. I mean, it, it, like Dave said, happens at any club, he'd be out the door straight away. Yeah, I don't. Care, I'd be saying to if I was if I if he was at Everton, I'd be saying the exact same thing. Don't care who you are. I'm not having him at the club. No chance. No. But. No. Yeah, United. But the thing was, they made a mistake bringing him back. What yeah. was he going to achieve when he was coming back? James, was, James was, mate, I reckon what happened that day, he went to the Etihad with his agent and Pep went, sorry, mate, you passed it. You don't fit in with us. And I reckon they came out of the Etihad, him and his agent stood in the car park and they looked at each other, stroked, stroked chins and, and Ronaldo went to him, you know what, mate? Why don't we try that lot over there? They might give me a job. <laughs> and it literally was like that. And I think as soon as he arrived there, there was an article that I read by Jonathan Wilson, who's a very, very knowledgeable football writer. And Jonathan Wilson said, United will pay the price for this because they're going to have to change everything to suit one individual. And teams don't function like that. Yeah. And I think United are better... You know, Marcus Rashford's nose was put out of joint. Jaden Sancho's nose was put out of joint. Anthony Martial's joint. You know, it's, he, he is the sort of guy who's in a band, who's the front man of a band, 
but he should have a solo career and leave the band, I think. Oh, yeah, I mean, look, it was funny. Uh, when he signed, uh, who had the number seven? Edison Cavani. And he changed his kit number of, uh, during that time and Ronaldo got his number seven shirt. Yeah. It's all, they only brought him back because of selling shirts. Selling exactly. And I think there's yeah. a little bit as well as they didn't want Man City to have him. Oh, no. I, I, I don't think he'd soup City at all. I'm no. not being funny. I don't think he'd soup them. No. Um, he, no, he didn't. But I don't think Man United could have could stand the thought of him playing in blue. No, of course, and, and maybe winning something <laughs> because let's face it, City are the big of the two teams at the moment. Um, um, I, well, just to be very quick on it, but well, when uh, the rumours were he it was looked like he was going to City, Man United fans were kicking off, and then once we heard the news saying, "Oh, um, he's turned them down," and it looks like he's going to Man United. Everyone's jumping on the bandwagon. It's like, oh my god, he's coming back. He's coming home. Mm. Just... And I think, I think he would be. I think it would be different if Man United were where, say, Tottenham are now. Yeah. I, yeah. I think you know, as soon as the team's not doing well, he wants to jump ship. Before yeah. I take it down, just going to look at it for one last minute there and say Arsenal five. Forest nil. <laughs> <laughs> Let's have the dancing girls on. <laughs> there we go. Hey. Let's hey. enjoy. <laughs> Chris, James, uh, do you know what? Um, a lot of ours said at the start of the season, and I'm kind of holding them to it, we're back in the Premier League after 23 years. There are going to be some heavy defeats. There's some very, very good teams, in the, you know, very, very good teams in this league. And um, we're going to enjoy it for what it is. And I'm doing it. You know, I'm 58, so I should have a philosophical mind about these things. Um, and like, I remember I was coming home in the car last night. We were on the M1 coming back. And my old man rang me up and he said, uh, have you had a good day? Right? And I went, you know what? Yeah, I have. I've been to a fantastic, you know, the Emirates is a fantastic stadium. I went with some amazing people. The Forest fans were fabulous again. They sang, you know, 5-0 down, 5-0 up and you still don't sing. 5-0 up and you still don't sing. You know, Championship Europe, you'll never sing that, which I'm sorry, James, we we, we fired at you earlier in the season. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> so I had a great day out. I'm loving going to, you know, Premier League grounds and just following the, the thing. We may end up back in the Championship. It's a distinct possibility. We may not. And the beauty is not knowing. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, I mean, what I won't do is I won't do a clop and come on and be all like, no. I will not do but sore when we, loser. When we came up, you know, the, the five, six years ago, yeah, it looked like we were going to go straight back down. Yeah. I had yeah. a season ticket, but you know what? It was great watching Aguero play against us. It yeah. was great watching some of these players. And yes, we, okay, I mean, I'm not, I don't saying you're getting battered every week. We weren't getting battered every week. We were one nils, two one, yeah. three two. But we were losing. We were at the bottom longer than any other team that managed mm. to steal. I think it was just enjoying it for the fact that these players that we'd only ever seen on the box, and you know, we were actually. See, I mean, I got to see you know Esteban Cambiaso in yeah. a shirt on yeah. a football pitch. Scoring yeah. a goal, sorry, Mike, against Manchester United. I mean, yeah. those moments, and I know my, my son will look at me and he'll go like, before that game, he was like, like Esteban who? You know, <laughs> go, go, go and Google him, you know. But, uh, yeah. but anyway, look, look at that. There's the bottom half. Um, yeah. Can I just talk about us a minute, Chris? Can I just say, mate, I mean, 
with us, I mean, you know, tables don't lie. That, to me, I think at the moment, is a pretty fair reflection of where everybody is, right? Mm. There's a team not on that um, section of the of the table, and we're only seven be- points behind Liverpool, right? Daft as it seems. Now, if you take yesterday away, which I kind of felt would... I thought we'd get beat. I didn't think we'd get beat that heavily. But if you go to the four games before that, we are one missed penalty at Molyneux away from being four unbeaten. And what Steve did brilliantly, I think, after Leicester, which was a shambles, and Leicester deserved that game, he made us hard to beat. So we 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 got a draw against the Villa, and we were boring. We got obviously then we we got nothing at Wolves, but could have got something. Somehow managed to get a draw at Brighton, which I think actually that point might be brilliant. The more the season goes on, and then we beat Liverpool. So I think there are there are there are shoots of something for Forest to like work with there now. You mentioned Leicester City, Chris, and I look at the, some of those teams there, like like uh, Leeds, Villa, Leicester, Brighton, Brentford, Wolves, who've all come up, and what they've done. If I was Forrest, I'd be looking and think, well, what did they do to stay up? I mean, all we want to do is skin of our teeth, clinging onto the window ledge at 17th on goal difference. Villa stayed up on the last day by getting a, uh, a draw at West Ham. Nigel Pearson kept Leicester up when it looked like they were doomed. Leeds somehow stayed up last year. I mean, take some right thumpings. You know, so there are precedents for us. You, I do you think want to finish 17th with a one goal better, one goal, better goal difference than the team below you. Exactly, is mate. All, exactly. you, all you need. But it's true, James. I mean, Liverpool are actually closer to the relegation zone than they are to the top four. Mm. And that that is it's awful for a team like like Liverpool, but you know, I mean, you're all three of us are in, on this half of the table. But the thing is, I mean, we lost to, to Man City. A couple of results didn't go our way that would have been nice to, to keep everybody down there. But you know, one win. I mean, you win one, Dave. You're out the bottom three if results yeah. go. You know, yeah. we, we were up to 14th, 15th at one point when it was mm. you know just so. Like Lee, yeah. I tell you what is interesting, and I'm looking at James. Who's got the best goal difference in the bottom half, James? Connor right. Cody and James Tarkovsky. Yeah, and Cody as well. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, I mean, look at that. That's you know Everton. I actually think from where Everton were at the start of the season, we we looked at Everton as a possible vulnerable team that we could be better than. But I think just on the quiet, I mean, for Everton to be there, I mean, okay, they haven't scored a lot but they've conceded the least in the bottom half. So if I was Everton supporter like you, mate, I'd be, I'd be quietly chuffed about that. Half five game, uh, Rico, and it's going to be under the floodlights. <laughs> the thing is, though, James, that, again, one bad result for you and you're drawn back in it. It is that close. Nobody can sit there and go, well, you know, and it's that sort of the season, isn't it? Because everybody's beating everybody and then nobody's safe and nobody's out of it. No, no. So the, the league's like split into uh, several leagues, isn't it? I mean, over the years, it's not. I mean, the I mean, Man City. I know Man City have obviously been the dominant side, but everyone else is pretty much the same. If you think about it, everyone's just like you say. Everyone's beating every, everyone's beating each other. What two was up two wins? You're up there around the top half, maybe even near a Europa League or Conference League place, and then two bad results or something like that. You're near the bottom. So it's it's just crazy. It's been a it very is. 
Premier and League's even crazy days because we've got a bloody World Cup in the middle of it. So we're going to have to bugger off for four weeks and think, <laughs> what's going to happen? I mean, it's the weirdest thing. I thought, I thought we would struggle to get any weirder than the COVID season. No. And I think, we're, I think we're going to come very, very close to that, you know. But, uh, but look, you know, guys, thank you so much for, for, for coming on. Uh, Pleasure, and, Chris. And just let me just get to get rid of this. Oh, sorry, sorry, I meant to get rid of that. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, James? James, he had me on here a few weeks ago, right, mate, after they beaten us 4 0. And the first thing I did, I kind of did like a, an address to the Leicester City Nation. And the first thing I did before he, before he had a chance to do anything, I just said, I want every Leicester City supporter on in the universe to know this from a Nottingham Forest supporter. Well played, Leicester City. You deserved your win. We have, I have no complaints. Thank you very much. We move on. And you can see the look on his face was, oh, bollocks. I really wanted to have a go at Dave. Do you know what I mean? Well, this is why I'm making the most of this, you see. <laughs> you with that. Hey, I absolutely, I use that tactic all the time, you know. Yeah. When the Arsenal fans came on after they, they drubbed, drubbed us, I went, yeah, you're the better team. Yeah. And they're like, oh, yeah. oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> Where do I go with this now? But yeah. look, a couple more weeks. We've got, we're going to have, we're going to have to get together somehow, James. Uh, I know you're at the match itself, but. Um, yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe if we do, we can try and do a, a, a tactic show or something Sunday morning. If we win, if we lose, no, I won't be talking to you for a while. <laughs> without saying, uh, I can't wish you all the best, Dave. As much as I, I want to, you're a great follower. I know, fan. Chris. <laughs> and I hope I haven't. I didn't predict you to go down. I think I had you 16th. So as long as now. you are, as long as we're 15th, I don't mind yeah. that, <laughs> guys. You, you you got me out of the uh, the brown smelly stuff tonight. I really do appreciate it. Uh, good luck at well, I won't say good luck at the weekend because I don't mean that either. <laughs> and bugger all this, will football be the winner? Fuck off, I want Leicester to win. <laughs> <laughs> but, yes, you uh, thanks very much, guys. Have a great week and uh, stay safe. No, cheers, all right. boys. Cheers. Nice Thank to meet you, you, James. Yeah, you too, Dave. Take care. Cheers, mate. Ta there we go, the cannonball there of um, YouTube football. <laughs> I don't know which one is Bobby Ball because he's no longer with us. <laughs> Read into that what you will. Um, Morecambe and Wise. I was watching a Morecambe and Wise clip. You cannot beat Morecambe and Wise. No, I thought we are going to be back at 9 o'clock uh, with the radio show stroke podcast. Uh, if Dan is watching, I got your message, Dan. Thanks for the kisses, mate. What can I say? I know, I know you mean them. So we'll <laughs> see you at nine o'clock. I'll put the link in the chats and everywhere and Twitter and Facebook. It's a Halloween special. We're going to be doing what we're doing here, but on the radio. Do mixcloud.com forward slash LTID radio. That is where you can find us. It is just like a podcast, but we've got music. We're having laughing and we're having jokes. It is a good laugh. And now, now that the. Um, now that the Forest fan has gone... I don't know, it's so difficult not to look smug at this point. <laughs> oh, no. He's going to do his stupid smug face. <laughs>
<laughs> I forgot about that. Find this here at night. Start with Chris. Add a dash of sport. Squeeze in some music. Then shake, don't stir. And you've got the ultimate blend. LTID Radio. Mixcloud.com, all one word, mixcloud.com forward slash LTID radio. Give us a follow or go on to our website, all the W's.lesslittleidie.com forward slash radio. The link is on there as well. It's a laugh. Dan's joining me at nine o'clock. It's going to be fun. I will see you then. Thanks again to two great guys, Dave and James, who really, really got me out of it tonight. Thanks very much, guys. Take care. And I will see you in 35 minutes. Good night. Thanks for watching Lester Till I Die. This is Chris saying goodbye and see you next time. Till I die TV. They- Sports Social Podcast Network. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the Pro Pilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.